Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 140 of the Pika Serati podcast. This is actually like around the point that we've done literally 100 episodes since we took over the podcast from Babs. Yeah. Uh, so. So good. <laughs> that's fun. Um, yeah. But as always, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, uh, Namely. Hello. Uh, and this week, both of the Incarnates released. Uh, so we've got Season 1 Dragonflight officially starting. Mythic Plus is out. Uh, PvP is out, if that's your thing. I have done none of it, but it is out. Um, also. Say it. I said zero of it also. Yeah. Then zero yeah. PvP, so. Um, and yeah, uh, so it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, so normally this is the part of the show where we would like go over progress, but that's like the whole main topic. Do you want to hit any of this news before we jump into like raid stuff? I do. There's a, there's actually a fair amount of news this week, which is which is awesome, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll hit that, and then we'll go into like probably progression, raid, how we feel, and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah, so a little week in review. Um, big news, actually probably, sec- I would say top two stories of the week. Yeah. Um, Chris Metzen is coming back to World of Warcraft, or well, Blizzard, I guess, and then of course the Warcraft team uh, as a creative advisor. So for those of you who don't know Chris Metzen, you probably are living under a rock um, and shouldn't be playing Warcraft anyway. No, joking. Um, but Metzen <laughs> is a basically the, the the individual who created most of the Warcraft universe. Um, he was the original writer, original creative person back on Warcraft, the RTS, um, and sort of has stuck with the company all the way through. Gosh, he he started to step back around Cataclysm-ish time, I think. Yeah. Right around, yeah. maybe around there. Um and eventually, you know, has eventually sort of left Blizzard for a while. Um, but yeah, they have him back. He's joining the Warcraft leadership team as a creative advisor. And um, his role is going to be over all of Warcraft. So not just World of Warcraft, but I mean, if you watch any of the announcements lately, it seems like Blizzard's going to start leveraging the IP a little bit more than they have. Um, you've got that one mobile game coming out, Arclight Rumble, yeah. Arclight um, Rumble. Which, which is like set in the Warcraft universe and... Uh, I'm assuming, of course, is also set in the Warcraft universe. Exactly. True. True. I always forget about that. Um, and then, yeah, so we're, yeah, so Metzen's back, which, I mean, I'll say most people will probably be happy about this as his creative direction has generally been well received. Um, and the it current was a lot, creative direction. It was a lot better than the jailer. Um, yeah. He didn't give us the jailer, therefore, it's better. <laughs> it's at the bar is low (laughs) the bar is low he not only didn't give us the jailer he didn't then double down in an interview after the expansion on the jailer being like i mean come on guys you retcon things all the time that was your opportunity exactly exactly so um so yeah so uh metzen is back um we'll see we'll probably won't see much of his i mean judging at least if you if you like world of warcraft the story is probably pretty set for this expansion uh, for Dragonflight, but may see some of his influence in the next one. And then, yeah, maybe this is sort of a, they're going to open up some more games and stuff like that. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get another RTS. Uh, Wouldn't that be crazy. something? Something crazy. So, um, but good news there, Metzen being back. Um, it'll be fun. Um, the uh, the other, well, maybe not the number two story of the week, but another, another story that popped is that the community council applications are open. 
for next year. So if you guys aren't familiar with this, it's sort of a wow thing where they invite members of the community to basically be quote unquote council members, highlight things from across different, you know, groups or areas of the community um, to Blizzard for feedback or even give their own feedback on things. Um, you're basically on the council for a year and then they rotate, which is sort of the original intent of it. And so applications are open for the 2023 World of Warcraft Community Council. Um, they're, they are due back in by January 3rd, I think, is when the deadline is to submit it. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I don't. Know I forgot did. about the Community Council. Yeah. <laughs> um, not only did I forget about it, I didn't know they rotated either. So um, this is like doubly news to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, I think there was a couple, I think the, the thing with the community council is like, it started as a grand idea and then fizzled very quickly. And then there really was only probably like one or two bright spots over the course of the year where like you'd get a post from someone who like had a bunch of insight onto some topic. It was interesting, but I think the biggest problem is, and this is sort of just a feedback problem in general is like Blizzard even with the community council, they didn't do their like, they didn't do like a read receipt. They didn't do like their whole, oh, hey, we yeah. read this, we're thinking about it. Or, hey, we read this, you know, not moving forward with this, right? They never gave yeah. their own feedback in the form. So it seemed like it was just a bunch of, it was like a, you got a special color, colored name in the forms where you yeah. could yell at each other. And only you could yell at each other because you're part of the council, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if the uh, the guy the on the forums that suggested that we should um, we should have tanks tethered within 40 yards of the healer at all times i wonder if he'll put in an application and get in because i mean you never know they let anybody in these that days, that so. is outside the box thinking right there so you know i like i kind of like that it would help when my tank literally runs all the way through the frog area of the azure vaults uh it's a pull mobs at the bottom of the stairs and then wonder why he dies alone or they die alone um uh, as i'm resing people back at the boss we just killed so i, I don't i don't see any problem with that personally <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't see die. any problems with that. Just don't die. Um, uh, speaking of dungeons, uh, there were some issues early in the week with um, actually getting keystones. Dungeons not awarding you keystones. Uh, they did add a vendor. Not a vendor. Mm-hmm. Not a real key vendor. Uh, they added an NPC yep. next to the portals in Veldraken that you can talk to to get a key. If, like me, you did not get a keystone from doing dungeons. <laughs> So um, yeah, that if if your character's busted and can't get a keystone, that's what you do. Uh, everybody's starting from plus two this week, which is tons of fun. Um, but getting uh, those up, get getting those up. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So keystone vendors there. I think the vendor will also like lower your key in town, which is nice if yeah. like you don't want to have to like go in and reset the or like do the it, whole reset and drop. Yeah. So yeah, make it a little bit simpler to uh, reset Noku defensive on loop because nobody <laughs> it's a good dungeon good dungeon we'll get into it we'll get into it yeah we'll um it. so cool so then to be honest with you the second biggest piece of news was blizzard actually dropped development notes on 10.0.5 like week two of the expansion already talking about the next patch which i think is really cool i think the other thing with this is it's got a ton of changes like there are talent changes out the wazoo for almost every class. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, just speaking to like druids, like not that we're druid, not that we know anything about druids, but like druids getting a whole new class tree. Like, yeah. Like, they're Which, just like 
craziness going on with the druid stuff so this this is what we really need to see um like this is if you look back at bfa right and in the first patch they were like we didn't get to shamans shamans will get updates in 10.1 or 8.1 sorry um Mm -hmm. and then it just didn't happen there were no shaman updates they got like a 15 percent aura buff or something um and then left alone for the rest of the expansion uh this is what we need to see like the the druid tree like obviously the 50 percent are above for guardian druids is extremely good but mm-hmm. also just like they had a bunch of problems across the class with their class tree where they had they one of the only places left in the game where there were three point talent nodes uh lots of awkward pathing it was a 10 percent dps dps loss for boomkins to pick up their interrupt mm-hmm. um like just just tons and tons and tons of things so um the new trees correct a bunch of that no more three point nodes um some nodes that were effectively mandatory in like the guardian tree became just baseline and the tree got shuffled around to accommodate that boomkins uh interrupt got moved around so it's no longer in such an inaccessible and expensive location um and then also things like uh right now in order to pick up certain utility talents in the class tree you have to, for example, if you want to pick up Typhoon, you have to go through like um, Star Surge, Moonfire, Sunfire, Wrath, Starfall, and then you get to pick up Typhoon. Mm-hmm. It's not literally all that. I don't remember offhand. It's, it's, you have to pick up multiple other abilities and multiple buffs to abilities. So it ends up being like an eight point expenditure to actually pick up Typhoon. Um, where if you compare that to the old talent system, you just like picked your affinity and it gave you Typhoon. Um, so this, they reshuffled that a little bit. So the utility is earlier in each of those kind of like, um, what do they call them? Affinity lines. Yeah. Um, so that you can pick them up and not have to invest such a, a huge number of points in that utility. Cause that's like the, the Druid thing for a while. It's been flexibility and utility and, having to spend so many points on that is just yeah unpleasant yeah yeah so the druid tree getting massive changes i think is cool and like like i said i think almost every class is getting changes that it feels like these are a couple of things like in some cases it feels like these are things they wanted to do for launch just didn't get to right like ran out of time yeah um but then also it, it some of it is like taking probably some initial feedback uh, from like what they've seen in like raids and mythic pluses and stuff like that and also making changes there right so um you know at least from Mistweaver, if we can talk a little bit about it. so from a monk perspective Mistweavers, at least right now are the only ones that are getting any changes and we're getting not some... true only Wait. ones with documented changes oh documented fair enough fair enough i haven't been on ptr so i don't know if there's there's other or i didn't yeah. read the all there... the class change notes so there's brewmaster changes i don't know if there are windwalker changes i'm assuming there are i haven't looked um, mm-hmm. but there are brewmaster spectre changes too, which we can talk about briefly. Gotcha. Yeah. It looks like, uh, looks like Windwalker's getting some aura, aura changes. Um, but yeah, Mistweaver's getting a bunch of new talents. Um, basically they're removing, um, bone dust brew and like that right hand corner of our, of our talent tree and adding in Shaylin's gifts, which if you aren't familiar, that was our Legion legendary, uh, ability. Um, which basically was at the at that time was a single target heal that would increase depending on how many clouds like the, these little clouds that generated around you the clouds auto generated 
And so basically it was like stacking up. So you could stack up like five, six, seven clouds and it would do a stronger single target heal. Um, it looks like they're changing that where you still generate clouds while in combat automatically, um, except now it's a three person heal. So a little bit of a, more of an AOE heal. Okay. Uh, so that's like something there. Something like in a in a key, there's a lot of uh, un, unavoidable just like magic damage going on right now. That's the mm -hmm. kind of thing you can stack up your clouds. That magic damage can happen to the group, and then you can just heal the DPS through it. Yeah, the the biggest change from Legion is the Legion ability didn't cost mana, ah. so it was very nice. This one costs uh, about four and a half percent of base mana, which I believe is a slightly less than Enveloping Mist. Okay. Um, but enveloping so, mist is like fairly expensive, right? Four point eight. So it's it's a very it's yeah. an expensive heal for three people. Um, it does come with some other like buffs to it, like buffs to it, um, other talents around it that buff it and change it. So um, that's it'll be good. It'll be we'll have to play around with it, see how it works. But you know, mana cost might be an issue. Um, the other thing, the other big change they're doing is they're basically increasing revival slash restorals healing by a hundred percent when not in a raid which basically is sort of a, a huge thing, particularly in five mans where revival just does not feel fun to press. Um, health bars yeah. don't really move because it's, it's built for being in a raid. Um, this just sort of increases that healing, which is a good change. It follows suit with like the tranks of the world. Um, I think salve also has this same, similar thing. Um, I know trank for sure does. So yeah, it follows along that idea. So, um, but yeah, some, some good, I'll say class changes. It's cool that they're making changes. Um, like Shadow Priest is getting a ton or yeah. of stuff too. Um, Disc is getting stuff. So yeah, this is a it's a it's a cool new world where Blizzard seems to be making a bunch of changes in these point five patches. So yeah, I'm gonna pull up the Brewmaster tree really quick because it actually got a major reorganization at the top of the spec tree. Mm -hmm. um, it like it looks completely different. Um, there's a lot of stuff that was two points that's now one point. Uh, Gift of the Ox was two points, it's now one point. Uh, Quick Sip was two, now one. Um, and also repositioned stuff, like this used to be higher up. It used to be down mm -hmm. here past the eight-point gate. Um, it, by this, I mean Gift of the Ox. Uh, and then there's also new talents. So we got uh, Spirit of the Ox is a brand new talent. Rising Sun Kick and Blackout Kick have a chance to summon a Healing Sphere which is the same healing sphere as um, Gift of the Ox generates when you take damage. Um, but this is kind of the equivalent, likely, of the Breath of Fire talent that we, or Azurite trait that we had during BFA, where mm -hmm. dot ticks from Breath of Fire could generate healing spheres. Um, and that uh, may go a little bit of the way towards dealing with one of the major complaints about Brewmaster, which is lack of self-healing just like you know it it doesn't it doesn't ever need to be dk levels and if it does brewmaster is completely broken but you know mm -hmm. a little bit more wouldn't be a miss um there's also uh which one uh quick sip got changed not only did it get changed from one point from two point talent to a one point talent they actually uh quintupled the value of the talent um oh, oh taking God. it from being like fairly inconsequential at like you know two percent per three seconds if you put two two points in it right now to mm -hmm. being five percent per three seconds of shuffle duration uh purified for one point which is just massively massively better 
Um, so that may actually be something that um, is part of like a meta build. Yeah. So some very exciting changes there. We will have to have to see how things play out. Like there's, we don't really know what the intended proc rate of that spirit of the ox talent is. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just every time you do it, which is probably too good. But um, it, we'll see. You know, ten point one point five. If I had to guess, this is a January patch. Yeah, that's soon too, which is crazy. Which is why it's up right now. Like I think end of January. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, those. I mean, and that's crazy that they're doing a bunch of these talent, like class talent changes. Which is just, it's, it's definitely a a a a, um a departure from like you said, like what we've seen elsewhere. So, um, the other, I guess, one other big thing outside of just talent trees is they're adding in a trading post. Uh, in 10.0.5, which is, which seems to be just a like random activity thing that you can do solo that gives you currency to buy cosmetics, which is yeah. a very cool idea in that um, it, it it sort of gives, they've talked about this in interviews leading up to this expansion where they've, they've said, like for season four in particular, they, they mentioned this, but just in general, like Blizzard doesn't serve the outdoor like community, right? Like regardless of like the, the sort of like our podcast here, we talk mostly about rating mythic plus, like a lot of the, yeah. the higher end PV, PV stuff, but like there's a bunch of people PVP. We don't, I don't do that at all. And then there's even another set of people who don't do like PVE or PV stuff. They just do stuff in the world. They like fish or like do exploration stuff or like chase yeah. like achievements, like stuff like that. And so, yeah, this trading post seems to be sort of to cater more to those type of individuals where it's like, hey, a bunch of just random activities you can do solo out in the world and you get a currency and that currency lets you buy things like cosmetics and um, I don't know. I don't know if there was mounts or anything on it, but um, yeah, it's it seems like a very cool idea. Um, I, I saw that Holly, the uh, I think she's the executive producer on Warcraft in general, like tweeted out like this is what they were talking about in those interviews about trying to serve that like other population of World of Warcraft players who just do solo outdoor world stuff. So yeah, my one concern with this is that I, I think the end state of the trading post is that we have a way to buy currency. You have a way to like put real world dollars in and get trading post dollars out. And that will devalue this. It's like, it feels like a natural end state for it, especially with the fact like we could already do that with gold. But um, mm-hmm. right now in this initial state, yeah, it looks great. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. This I mean, I it. don't. So, so my only my only counterpoint to that, where like you say end state is going to be real real money, is that like you, I feel like if WoW was a free to play MMO, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But like with it, you already paying a sub. I think from a Blizzard perspective, trying to monetize this activity, just essentially makes it fall flat right like it that's fair like i I think if wow was free to play then i would be fine with like oh yeah if i don't want to like grind this out i can spend real dollars to to get this faster yeah i'm cool with that but i think the i think the fact that you pay a sub fee like the like blizzard there's no incentive to monetize this other than just general corporate greed right like which blizzard isn't immune to right but i think the idea is like from just a a player perspective perception perspective like if they do add in sort of any real money, like component to the trading post, it just kills it. Like, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I definitely agree with that. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think it is a little bit disappointing that their solution or like their thing to better serve um, outdoor players is primarily rewards focused instead of like adding more outdoor kind of like stuff or improving the outdoor kind of stuff, which I guess mm. granted we didn't talk about this that much, but, but Dragonflight is a massive improvement in the outdoor content. Like, uh, Oh yeah. We referenced it a little bit in our earlier podcast about like Dragonflight leveling experience and things, but in general, it's just a massive improvement to the outdoor experience uh, compared to Shadowlands yeah. or BFA. So maybe I'm being too critical there where like, yeah, the trading post is the rewards end of it, but they already put a lot into making Dragonflight the gameplay end of it. So, you know, maybe maybe I, I, I'm too critical there. Right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think there is a ton. Like, even in the way, like, the like I know we talked a little bit about World Quests, and even though the World Quest works, like the, the community feasts, like the dragon, like the siege thing in, in Wailing Shores or whatever. Yeah. Um. Like all that stuff, like the two the two elemental events, like the flood and the elemental stuff. Like I think there's enough like random interesting things to do over the week that like players, like if you just do solo outdoor content, I think there's enough there. And like this trading post just offers you like a meaningful reward to like continue to do that. So um uh so onion, yeah. onion in chat is uh back on the topic of of Mistweavers getting thematic abilities like clouds of mist. Um is suggesting that maybe they could give us back the ability to use weapon and staff animations. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, let's look. Let's just like I'm. I don't look at my character anyway in a raid, so like let's just let's keep with the cool class changes. <laughs> if they get to these interesting animations that don't matter at all in the grand scheme of things, you get that as like a second you know, thing, right? I I am a huge fan of the blackout kick animation. It is a very cool animation, but mm. also. I miss the blackout strike animation where you actually like whack them with your stick. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And you know, that would just be a cool thing. And they don't necessarily have to do, actually they probably would have to do like, depending on your transmog weapon, if your transmog mm -hmm. weapon is a two hander, then you can use blackout strike. And if it's not, then you get blackout kick and maybe have a glyph that oh, makes no. it always blackout kick. Even if you don't want to use the block, even if you have a two hander, yeah. Yeah. I mean maybe they can get to it. Maybe like maybe they put that one on the on the old back burner, the BB. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So. Um so cool. I think yeah, so trading post 10.0.5 on it. Trading post I think is the big new feature plus all of the the class changes that are coming. Um the Mistweaver stuff looks cool. I don't know right now like it looks cool. It's a very interesting ability. I don't know how often it gets played. Um, it might honestly be Blizzard's attempt to actually go with their original promise when they sort of talked about Mistweaver and the new talent trees of giving Mistweaver a more like hitting your damage ability focused set of talents and then versus a more casting spells sort of ability, um, set of talents. Um, and I don't think Bone Dust Brew ever filled that gap and maybe Shaylin's Gift now fills that sort of gap between... Uh, casting and casting spells versus casting you know more damage focused abilities so yeah um yeah so yeah sorry i'm trying to not use the typical terms the community uses to describe those two play styles because i want to kill they're them they're loaded. dumb 
they're loaded in terms of what they mean. Um, so yeah, so um, so yeah, so awesome that 10.0.5's out. I January seems very short, but maybe I would say honestly for me, six it's weeks, a mid P- six week six- PTR cycle would line up with end of January. Yeah, but you're missing two weeks for Christmas. Oh, that's fair. So that's yeah. why I was thinking maybe like a more mid Feb, like ish time frame. But yeah, end of I mean they could push end of January, I bet. So, um, so cool. Yeah, and then the um the. I guess the the other big thing, sort of more now into the patch itself, or into sort of the the current content, not the future stuff, is Blizzard did post a bunch of tuning adjustments that are coming with the reset this week. This is probably pretty typical of what we would have seen if there was a heroic week first into a mythic week second, but with everything launching yeah. together, which we'll talk about. Um, these are sort of our our general sort of changes we see. Um, monks dodge bullets here, other than Windwalker. Windwalker got essentially a 3% aura nerf across the board. Um, the 3% reduced damage, but I, I didn't see anything for Mistweaver. I don't know if there's anything for Brewmaster. There's nothing um, for Brewmaster, um, okay. which like Brewmaster is fine in raids. So I wouldn't expect a raid focused talent or a uh, tuning pass to really touch them. Um, mm-hmm. They're not the best. They're not the worst. Uh, so, you know, Brewmaster continues to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so more tuning changes across the board. I mean, shadow, like shadow again, just gets like increases everywhere. Fire got a bunch of increases. If you care, Druid, yeah. resto Druid got in, like, like I need to have a chat with every other misweaver in the community to start sandbagging week one, because <laughs> how are Druids getting buffs, man? How are resto Druids getting buffs? So, um, but cool. No. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in any event, that's really the the gist of it um, in terms of updates for this week. Nothing too, nothing too crazy for monks, but you'll see, you know, a bunch of tuning changes for pretty much every class got something. So, um, so yeah. So I think that's I think that's it for the week stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything uh, other other big topics unless you, unless you had anyway. Uh, not really. If you're interested in professions, I'm going to link a week or in the show notes after the show. Uh, that gives you a list of the weekly things, uh, including the item drops that tracks them uh, as you get them and can tell you uh-huh. how many you have left to get. And that is just like a nice thing if you want to make sure that you get all of your weekly profession knowledge. Uh, leatherworking in particular is a little bit obnoxious because there are uh, skill drops that only come from certain types of enemies. Oh, So you have to, there's one that is Vorquin and Slivern. And then there's one that is like, I don't remember, it's like Basilisks or Proto Drakes. And so those, if you don't just happen to kill those while you're out doing world content stuff, um, you may not get them. So that's one to, to keep an eye on. If you care about doing, doing like maxing out your profession stuff, um, that's a really useful record. Somebody in my guild made it and it's like, it's great. So uh, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes after because it's, it's very useful. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I've been using that that te- Temas Temus reminder week or it's just to make sure I do everything on a weekly basis, which has been uh, which has been super cool, which is super helpful. So I don't know if you've used that, but it tells you like if you done if you've done all the weekly stuff and um, yeah. what rares yeah. you haven't killed that day, if you're still killing rares. So that's no, nice. Um, so cool. So I think maybe we get into a little bit of uh, a little bit of the raid. I, so I don't know. How do you want to do this? You want to do our own experience first, and then talk a little bit about the race. Let's that do our own experiences sense. first because the race, well, we'll get to the race. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, so I started out 
my preparation like I always do. I played the pineapple game. Um, so if you aren't Solid. familiar, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Some developer, I don't know who it is, puts out essentially a raid guy, but you play, it's a, it's like sort of like a game you play in your browser, you play a pineapple and it basically teaches you how to do each fight. And so like it goes through all the mechanics and what you need to do. So I of course started there uh, and really ended there. I'll say didn't really do much research beyond that. <laughs> um, so nice. um, I was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was super well prepared. Um, but no, I mean, we, we, our raid started in normal this week. Um, like, I think we've always, like, we've basically started in normal the first raid of every tier or every of expansion since I've been in the past three that I've done with this guild. And even in my previous guild to that, that's sort of where we started anyway. So um, it was good. I mean, I, I don't think we had any normal wipes, to be completely honest with you. Um, maybe like one or two late to like the totem boss and yeah. uh, like Razgath, of course. I think we wiped a couple times to, to Razgath on normal. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, it was a. Uh, it was a it was a fairly clean kill. We got into heroic. We killed all of normal and two heroic bosses in one night in our first night. Nice. Um, which was uh, nice. I think was a really good really good setup. And then, um, yeah. And then we went and uh, and we've cleared everything but the last two on heroic the second night. Um, and so we're gonna do doing a little overtime tonight. We're gonna do broodkeeper. Uh, which we all, I mean, if it's from a flex content perspective, we typically, if like people want to show up and raid, we get enough, we'll raid. Um, yeah. and so like tonight I'll be broodkeeper only. And then we do add one mythic night for the first, I think two or three weeks. That's Monday. So we'll also raid Monday night mythic, trying to get at least two down on mythic. We'll see. Nice. That nice. Works. Do you um, know which two you're going to be looking at for mythic? Uh, yeah. So first boss, of course, era, whatever his name is, Aragon, Aragorn, Aranog. Aranag, yeah, and then probably Council um, will be the yeah. second. Yeah, Taros just seems a little too close in terms of the a little the too numbers. tight in terms of the DPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, our, and we're only like I think as a raid we're like three eighty five ish. I want to say three eighty six ish. Yeah. Um. So we yeah. we started our raid on Friday at three eighty five. Gotcha. Yeah. Actually, I haven't checked now. We'd probably we're probably much higher because we got Mythic Plus in now. But that's what we that's where we were on Thursday when I was looking. So um. yeah, um, we so we did normal on an off night as a kind of optional thing. Of course, being the first rate of an expansion, ninety percent of the rate showed up. But it was it was still like an optional thing. Like we uh, there's some people who couldn't make it. Some people wanted to do normal with their their like friends outside the guild, and they did that. And some mm -hmm. people just, you know, did keys uh, for eye level instead of doing doing normal. But uh, we did the first seven normal on an off night. Uh, and then we jumped into heroic on Friday. And we got through uh, everything except for, like, we got up to Dethea. Mm -hmm. And then really at that point on Dethea, I think we ran into... Um, basically healing limitations we were five healing with 30 people basically yeah which is which is like it worked um we we blew through a lot of these bosses um karag we started to run into some issues with but we killed it five healing uh yeah. with like 29 people and um so then we hit the thea and i think that was the major limiting factor on the thea was just people dying to to do damage um of course yeah. Dethea also has the stupid conductive mark mechanic i love that mechanic uh, spread. 
But that mechanic very quickly turns uh, the, you know, relatively high damage taken onto the fight into completely obscene damage numbers. So that one as well is like, it's a little bit difficult to disentangle like, you know, do we need another healer or do we just need people to stop spreading the marks? Um, And so I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I believe we are planning to six kill it tonight. We've got, we've got one of our um, aspect people playing healer uh, mm-hmm. one of our priests and then uh the Fea should die quickly we are going to go back and do rajageth first though Rajageth. gotcha yeah I, all right side note it annoys me so much that blizzard uses the sz like digraph <laughs> but they all of it is pronounced just z i love that but like all the all the like actual the, like the languages in in the real world that use that digraph, SZ is like a ZH, like yeah. Rajagef. Yeah. And I was being annoying about it in Raid. And I got called <laughs> on it. And, and they were like, yeah, but you don't pronounce Alexstrasza like that. And I'm like, all right, you win this round. <laughs> to change my whole pronunciation of words for now. Oh. Uh, that <laughs> really awesome. annoys me, though. Uh, yeah. Well, nice. That's, I mean, yeah, sounds like we're we're basically at similar points. Yeah, our Dethea was rough. Actually, the funny thing is our biggest issue on Dethea, so we six healed it to start with. So we went in with six knowing just from a damage perspective, we'd need it. Our issue, though, was on the platforms where we would be, it was only actually our group two, um, where we would interrupt and the mobs wouldn't move. So like, if you guys haven't done the fight, like yeah. you land, you basically have to go up on these platforms and kill mobs so that they don't, number one, buff the boss. Number two, don't one-shot your raid because they do a constant cast of just a single target damage spell. And so you go up there and like the idea is you land and you basically interrupt everything, group it all in the center and AOE it down and, and keep it stunned and things like that. But like what we were finding is that like, and it wasn't the same all the time. So like some people, like we thought it was like, oh, you're interrupting before you land. So like you're basically the mobs don't have anybody to target so they don't move. So we sort of held interrupts before we landed. Um, we tried like, bumping the mobs and like people are like oh you're bumping it so like as i interrupt it, its cast comes back up so it's not going to move at all um and so we stopped doing like rings and and typhoons and stuff like that but yeah we had tons of issues with the fact that like we'd interrupt the mob silence them and they wouldn't move in so like yeah. just be one out in the corner blasting like people. yeah um, it's we a it's a ton of damage so yeah we didn't have issues with that uh but that's also because we have a dk in each group and just like okay they, yeah. they hit grabby hands and the problem goes away yeah we only have we only have one dk so they like group one is there that's where the dk goes our tank and it's a yeah. joke um yeah. group two is where where we have the trouble so but no yeah. i mean i um i guess in in terms of like in terms of fights so you've you've seen i think everything now like what do you have a fa- like? Do you have an early favorite? I guess I'll ask. Or like a early fight favorite. Um, yeah. Of the ones we've done on heroic so far, I would say probably Kurog actually. Which Kurog is a gigantic meme. Like it is. If you look at the stupid fucking dungeon journal for this boss, it's like you could print this out. This could have been your entertainment for the entire like race to world fit race to world first four days of splits. Right? You could have sat there the whole time read through this dungeon journal and not reached the end it is yeah. so long but then when you do the fight it's all really obvious yeah the dungeon yeah. journal is just a complete mess um so Tough to follow yeah 
Uh, yeah, and actually, the pineapple game makes fun of this too. Um, yeah. It's not just me. The pineapple game is like uh, starts off the Kurok thing with the raid leader, like yeah. raid leader pineapple, like spitting out the dungeon journal, just on and on and on, and the hunter pulls the boss. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but the fight actually is fun. Um, it has a lot going on. Um, on Mythic, the damage check looks insane. Uh, but yeah. uh, on on Heroic, there's still quite a bit going on. Um, I don't know. It's like, I don't feel like I could pick a lot of them. Like, it's either that or Taros. Like, it's definitely not Aeronog. Aeronog just doesn't do it. Yeah, it's do enough, yeah. Um, Senarth, uh, honestly, could be... Maybe. Ooh, that's, that's a spicy pick. Um, but I'm also very biased because I'm playing Blood DK this tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and Death's Advance deletes like three Every- quarters of that fight. Yeah. Like Gossamer Burst comes out and I hit Death's Advance and nothing happens. I don't understand it. It's so <laughs> like, why, why are you guys struggling? Come on, just yeah. hit Death's Advance. Why are um, they dying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I could pick that one. Um, not, not primal it cannot be primal council or Dothea because conductive work fair enough that is not a fun mechanic yeah <laughs> that is we we wiped once on primal council heroic because of uh just like people being absolute animals with <laughs> conductive mark and then they cleaned yeah. it up and we just killed it um, yeah had a very fast kill on it too like it's just if you have a really bad conductive mark spread in the first set and people die, then the fight just like completely it's, goes to hell. Yeah, it takes forever to, to recover. Yeah. Um, and it can't be Dethea because of the spell queuing or not spell queuing, uh, spell timing issues. It just, I mean, it's also got conductive mark, but it can't be Dethea because like somebody came into brew question was I was asking like what they do about the overlap of the tank knock with the add blowback and the answer is your dps need to kill the ad faster or they need to stop dps and kill it slower yeah and if that is ever the answer for an overlap in a fight it's a bad fight that's fair that's fair um yeah i don't i don't i mean i think at the end of the day i think razgeth will end up being my favorite fight but i think of what i've killed what we've killed on heroic i actually really Really think it's going to be Broodkeeper, honestly. Really? Like, yeah. So Broodkeeper, Broodkeeper, I think in terms of like, I am I've always been a fan of fights that require like two teams to do something, like breaking up your raid and like yeah. sort of having two groups do stuff. And I think it's interesting. Like this will be an interesting fight where it's like a bunch of ads. So like the DPS love it. The healing seems at least on Mythic seems low for Phase One. Um, I think. Now it's a little bit higher now, at least watching like Echo and Limit do it, or sorry, Liquid do it. Um, seems a little bit higher because they're starting to like split groups and like there's more people getting marks or getting the, the debuff and stuff like that. But no, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Broodkeeper. Um, also, because I don't have to tank it and like make up a route and remembering how to do that route through the room. So excited I don't have to do that this time. Yeah, I've got, I've got diagrams for, for Heroic <laughs> Diagona. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Phase yeah, I mean, one Diurna also just like kind of slams the tank. The yeah. the ad tank is like chilling, mm-hmm. no issues. But then the boss tank just gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's, it's a definitely a it's a it's a tough fight. But I think the rest of them on heroic are like they're fine. I mean, I don't like we also like 
Karag or whatever, like the 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 part of the fight where you're just literally taking like 80k damage every like three or four seconds at the end of like the the rock phase or the earth phase. It's just like I hate my life. And then you go into like we went into intermission from there with like I think it's Earth and Frost, which That's again is bad like, overlap. Which is again like a huge amount of damage too. So oh no, sorry, it's Earth and Earth and um Earth and Storm. So it's okay, not, okay, that's better. Yeah, not terrible, but it's like because yeah, we do uh we do fire and frost first, and then earth and storm. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, but it's still like it's just there's so much damage, like so much like these fights. As a healer, I feel like there is just so much damage, like the second yeah. half of the instance, and like it doesn't let up. So even even Razageth normal mode, which which we killed, I was like, I was surprised about. I was surprised in the amount of damage. Um, that, that gets put out on that fight. Um, also, yeah. Razageth, normal. So we have to talk about this because I haven't even done the fight yet, but you do... We put two pulls into it just to see the fight in our okay. in our optional run. So I think this is going to be another good fight because you do... While you don't fall down a hole, you do change elevations, and one of those elevations is going down when you go to the side platforms. Yes, okay. Um, I was actually really impressed with the normal mode fight. It's not okay. a super complicated fight, but it is a, a fun fight to do. It's got a lot going on but it's very simple to explain which mm -hmm. is really difficult to do it's really difficult to do and so for a normal fight it was really like nice like i we sat there and we went through a vod of it and it's like okay so here's the mechanics you're through it in like five minutes mm -hmm. there's a lot going on but not hard to explain not like, yeah. all right, here's your five assignment auras for this end boss. Exactly. It's like, Have fun. here's your frontal, dodge your frontal, interrupt, knock, do something to your ad when it spawns and spread. You know, Which which the uh, pro tip for anybody that hasn't pulled it yet, lightning breath. The frontal cone, like she randomly targets somebody, that thing is wider than it looks. Yeah. Respect it or it'll kill you really quick. Yeah, we lost a couple people that. We also lost a couple of people to dropping the puddles too far towards the edge so when you get pushed into them it doesn't trigger you being into them until you're already off the edge so Ooh. we actually had to move our puddles in into like the center a little bit more uh during the drops because we were dropping them with like half the circle off it just to give us more space and what we found is like some of our raiders would get pushed back and they wouldn't trigger the slow until they were already off the platform and, and would yeah. be dead so. uh there's there's a little trick for that as well if you're trying to move um it will update your position more frequently yeah, then if yeah, that's you're true. Just like not moving at all. So if you do W key a little bit just during the initial bit until it stops you, then it'll be a little bit more reliable. But moving them in also fixes it. So yeah, yeah it gives it a little bit more overlap, and you still have plenty of space on that platform. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it was uh the final phase is gonna be nuts on Mythic, right? Oh like, yeah. Assuming it's assuming that is the final phase, but whatever. Like when you go up to that third platform, it's uh yeah yeah it's uh final it's phase fun. also has a very brewmaster friendly tank mechanic um it's got this frontal beam which is always like frontal beam final phase space constraints great mixture uh challenging uh but also the frontal beam on the tank puts a uh debuff on you and when it expires it explodes and does damage to the raid based on how much damage you took but mm -hmm. it respects absorbs so Brewmaster can oh. celestial brew, celestial brew every single one, and um, like you can't. I think you do have to tank swap on it, but because there's also a damage taken debuff that applies to the 
the breath. But um, mm-hmm. Brewmaster just like every time you t- your raid takes zero damage from it, um, at oh, least awesome. on on normal and heroic. Mm-hmm. So that's a very cool like that's the kind of thing where if that's uh, ends up being how it works on mythic. Like if on Mythic, your Brewmaster can just remove that damage in the final phase, mm-hmm. then it could be a fight where they bring in a Brewmaster on on the the end boss. Um, they, uh, I mean, I expect the race to world first to go in, into the next reset. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Warrior has great cooldowns for it, which currently like the ro- world first guilds are playing double Warrior on everything. Uh, yeah. for for fairly obvious reasons that warrior is just the best tank in the game right now um so but warrior is not as good at that specific mechanic and i'm not sure if that is enough for it to push them into other options um gotcha so we'll see we'll see that's like also the kind of mechanic that you can't tell before the raid whether it actually works the way you want it to uh because like muazala in uh in the other side had a very similar mechanic uh it didn't do it didn't like blow up the raid it, it did extra damage to yourself but it ignored absorbs so um that uh that one hurt gotcha yeah yeah no it's um the raid's been the raid's been solid i think i'm excited to try mythic tomorrow night for sure those first couple bosses um could get yeah. back into progress so um so yeah, so maybe maybe outside of the raid for a little bit, we can talk about um, anything else you've been working on. Any Mythic Plus? You've been running a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I we have a wild sheet set up right now just to kind of keep an eye on things because we did we we set a requirement for the first two weeks that people had to do their their Mythic Zero clears, their world tours, and that was like you must do this, and we will keep an eye on it. So gotcha. we have that set up, but I actually went and looked because it also does like how many keys have you run? Mm-hmm. Um, and I swear it feels like I've done more than this, but I've done 14. Uh, and that's 14 completed wow. according to the Raider IO API, which I think has two potential issues. One is there's a cap on the number of runs reported to Raider IO from Blizzard, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your realm. Like it's it's a realm leaderboard. So yeah. towards the end of the week, it can be on a big realm. You, you're, if you're running lower level keys, it won't count. Right. Which is yeah. probably something that's happened to me because I was out basically for the first two days of the reset. I didn't do any keys pretty much until Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then if you're starting with like you're leveling up a two, <laughs> your runs may not count. Um but uh, yeah, and then there's also, of course, runs that get abandoned. We, did, we had a 14 Academy that we were working on that we just like pulled the tree boss a couple times and we're like, yeah, we're, we're not in the mood for this right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have also, I've had some adventures. I had, I had an adventure with a, with a brewmaster tank, actually, Ooh. who felt like paper, healing paper in, a, in an eight, actually was an Academy. Um, nice, nice. and it was, it was awful. Um, I've had, yeah, I've had a, I've had an experience in mythic plus I'll say that like the one thing I think people don't realize and it's most evident with tanks, but I think also DPS fall into this. And even, even me as a healer is like, you're starting at such a low item level that like a plus eight 
is, is like, really high. Is really like for someone who's just coming out of like Mythic Zeros, is really high to just jump right into a plus eight. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's been an experience this week. I've only done five dungeons so far. I'm I'm actually like in the the bottom half of my guild, like the probably the bottom quarter of it in terms of like vaults and Mythic Plus I, stuff. I'm done, in the so. bottom quarter of my guild for keys. It's 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 yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's and I I think the biggest thing for me is like I don't. Like my schedule just doesn't line up with most of my guild. A lot of them are just uh, lovingly we I'll call them degenerates. Um, yes. But they play they play a lot of they play a lot of World of Warcraft, and so like by the time I get on at night, it's like there's already groups set up, and so like me slotting in yeah. doesn't generally make sense. So we have a bunch of people that use some of their vacation time like double gotcha, dipping yeah. between Christmas and raid release. So they're like doing this week off, next week off. Mm-hmm. And so this week off they're doing keys. Next week off they're doing Christmas. Uh, nice. So, uh, but yeah, the number one number one most keys done uh, in my raid team is uh, uh, one of our warriors. Uh, shout out to Nanas who's been tanking a ton this week because mm-hmm. I was definitely not doing any Tuesday Wednesday. Uh, Sixty four keys. Okay, our our highest is only forty six, but we have like eight people over thirty keys done this week. So. Yeah, yeah um that's crazy we have we have 15 at 30 or above which is crazy uh and meanwhile i'm down here like i did keys all day yesterday pretty much i'm at 14 (laughs) and that's just like that is the difference between like putting in so much time into actually running keys during the week versus only doing it on the weekend like i i did it pretty much all day yesterday and i have 14 Uh, i'm gonna do it a bunch more today before raid and i'm gonna get up to like 20 something yeah. um and i have had extraordinarily bad luck with loot by the way oh that's not good 14 keys i've got like two items jesus and one of them was not even an eye level upgrade it was like a uh i replaced one cloak from raid with another cloak with better stats that's the same eye level gotcha oh that's awful that hurts um like my biggest upgrades yesterday i did i did a ton of keys yesterday my biggest upgrades i got a uh i crafted i i upgraded my elemental lariat from uh i got my primal infusion thing uh Mm -hmm. from keys so i did that and then uh i got some crafted uh titan training matrix boots oh nice or pants rather pants because i was wearing 340 pants and i upgraded those to 382 nice there you go yeah i haven't Uh, gotten I got a. I don't think I got anything out of Mythic. Oh, I got a staff, like a three eighty nine or something like that. Staff. That was about it. So I yeah. got a weapon. Not too bad. Um, and so Onion in chat is like, Uber feels awful right now. I had to spend some time, some twelves kiting half the time. I am playing Blood Decay right now, and I also had to spend some time in twelves kiting. Like I think that's yeah. just a little bit of tanking with this level of gear. Um, for Brewmaster in particular, there is also a shit ton of passive talents that are actually sneakily really important to take that a lot of people don't take in their builds. I don't know if that's you, but um, if you're not taking like high tolerance, anvil and stave and pretensive instability, those are three really, really powerful passive talents. And like they're not as fun as taking weapons of order and chi burst, but wow, are they good? <laughs> they're yeah. just good um so there there is that and some of those you'll get to drop off as you get more comfortable uh so it's high tolerance 
onions as he and chef curry high tolerance um which is it gives you haste and um haste translates to some bruise ctr but haste and stagger percent so it works out to like four percent more stagger like additively not multiplicatively uh which is more like 10 percent or eight percent it's a lot more um and then uh pretense of instability which is uh just like increased dodge pretty much and then anvil and save which is when you dodge it reduces the cooldown on your bruise um so yeah the those are like the big three passive ones that i see people trying to skip in their builds because the, I, I see people in in brew lounge going like hey i'm running this build and it's got you know bone dust brew the bone dust brew capstone weapons of order weapons of order capstone and then also going down to get storm south's last keg and they're skipping all of the important passive talents in between yeah beelining it to those um which you know i would consider that like a small kind of design problem with the tree where there's just a lot of like passive talents that are really important at least early on that people want to skip to get the cool toys and having to skip the cool toys to pick up the not cool toys that are actually just numerically really good um i you know i i i can see that yeah yeah and i mean tanks i think that the tanks that i've run with um they felt it's felt like i've had to heal them a lot more for sure um and definitely like the kiting thing has been yeah it's been i think it's been a tough even like not even like the affixes haven't really been an issue it's just been like yeah the, just the raw damage that the folks are taking right now is has yeah. been rough so mythic plus you know i'll do i'll try and get my a couple tens done maybe uh tonight or even tomorrow afternoon if i can step away from work for a little bit the, that uh, might be the extent of what i get done this week there's also a huge huge like there's a gulf there's there's three tiers of dungeons in terms of difficulty right now. There's the Dragonflight dungeons, which are the most difficult. Biggest yeah. numbers, most dangerous abilities, the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like Temple of the Jade Serpent in a tier by itself. It's not as difficult as the Dragonflight dungeons. Or actually, maybe it should be in with the Dragonflight dungeons. I'm not sure. Um, the first half of it is very uh, sane. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of casts that you have to stop that will murder you, especially if they're raging. Um, but it, it's doable. And then you get to the back half and there's all these Shaw that have magic tank busters. And then you get to the final pack and there's five, there's five Shaw in that pack. I think yeah. only four of them have tank busters, but one of them has a fear that you have to kick. One of them has another important cast you have to kick. Um, and then there's three of them that do nothing except for auto attack the tank and just fucking murder them with Dark Claw. <laughs> um, yeah. That pack has to change. That is not okay. Like, it's fine if they all desync their casts, at least as Death Knight, right? Like, if they desync yeah. their casts, you one of them hits you with their magic hit, you death strike, you're fine. Um, yeah. But if two of them sync up their casts, you're dead. Like, I had three of them sync up their casts, and I got killed through Vamp Blood, uh and and rinse out that's crazy just like full of dead yeah. uh so that that is a pack that you like you bloodlust your tank establishes threat and then runs the fuck away yeah 
Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, yeah, that's I've there was a couple of yeah, just real sketchy pulls like those. Um, yeah, and Ruby, I mean, I, I to this, I will never do Ruby life pulls on higher than a plus two uh, until, they, <laughs> until they fix number one, the trash to the second boss, um, and number two, the final fight, like, is just a oh, I hate that fight. It's, oh man, I had an awful experience with a pug healer in that fight. Ah, oh, we we were gonna time like a plus 11 ruby life pools um and we get to the end boss we have time left and i just get fucking murdered in phase two absolutely yeah. brothel stomped and I, I i'm like healer like the healer's not in voice with us they're just, they're yeah. just a pug and i'm like make sure you dispel storm slam and uh so we pulled again and same thing happens i'm like hey listen i died with three sacks of storm slam you you need to dispel this i can't like i run out of cooldowns i yeah. i really would be better off cooldowning the first stack but i can't do that because you're not reliably just spelling it yeah. and they go on this tirade about them not actually letting storm stack or storm slam stack up like they are dispelling it They're, it's I, i'm crazy <laughs> um anyway uh i i have a log in that dungeon i went to three stacks on both of those pulls and that's what killed <laughs> me uh and then we did it the next pull and they dispelled it every time and we killed it without any issue but at that point, that's we cool. were like five minutes over the timer. Gotcha. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been an early season, like early expansion Mythic Plus. I think is is an, is definitely a a experience. We'll say um, it's been fun. So, um, cool. I think there was one other topic. So I just want to circle back to raid because I don't. We didn't actually talk about this before. We talk about maybe race for world first to end it. Um, how was how was loot? How was doing loot? with the new master loot oh it was it was actually great i we had we didn't have any instances of people going like i got this i can't use it i don't want it i can't trade it it was great it was great for me as a healer because i got one thing and that was a trinket that was a healer trinket did you get um, the die on the trinket uh yeah i got it on normal i got the brood keepers promise nice, yeah it's nice so good our, our um, holy paladin got one of those yeah, it's amazing. Um, but no, it, it was so we did. It's funny. We we sweated. We we did a slight sweat. I'll say. No, we didn't okay. get we didn't okay. get drenched. But we basically didn't give out loot through the first for the first two hours of our normal raid, which basically took us up to Diurna. So we basically after we killed, um, what's the boss? The Grim Totem, I think, was the one right yeah. before that. Um, we basically took like a ten minute break to hand out loot tier everything that we gotten up until that point to essentially spread it out, right? Like. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the idea. So sweated a little bit there. We didn't ultra sweat by like giving it to one character, having them log off and then like clear everything and hand it out, which is yeah, yeah. my, my raid leader mentioned, which is like, what the raid, do that. race the world first is doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned that. Um, and so, yeah, so we did that. And then, yeah, I mean, master loot is like, it was, it's, it's back to being the way that I think the raid functions the best, which is like, we've gotten, I think nine DPS two piece at this point. And then a handful of others, like four or five people with one piece, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, and we've been able to spread it out. Like we've, the our, like our raid leader is pretty upfront about like, look, like we're not bringing four druids to this fight. So like, these are the two druids that are getting two piece and like, sorry for everybody else, right? Like, it's not yeah. that we don't, like it's not that we don't value. It's just like, if we're going to kill some of these early mythic bosses sooner rather than later, we have to sort of funnel some gear onto certain classes. So, um, yeah. And so that's sort of been 
slight breath of fresh air, I'll say. Um, it does mean, though, that as a healer, I literally I get trinkets that DPS don't want and then, uh, yeah, rotting tier pieces at this point. Um, yeah. Which is like, I mean, it's like I don't care about loot at all. It's just it's funny to go back to like what the last time this has been a thing would have been what legion right before legion yeah it would have been legion raids yeah which is yeah. uh which is funny so so no, it's oh, sorry um there are two things that i well one of them we're making a more conscious effort to actually like give healers and tanks loot um i don't care um and my co-tank doesn't super care but things like specifically for tanks it's if there's a trinket there's just a flat damage trinket mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter who wears it as long as someone wears it those are getting more defaulted to tanks. Those are the kinds of things where like, if it's really good and it's even good for a DPS, it's probably so good that the tank is never taking it off. Yeah. Right. So if you want to get the most value out of that item, you actually should put it on the tank. Um, unless they're expecting to like put on one or two defensive trinkets for later mythic bosses. And if they're planning to do that, then you start having a conversation about, you know, maybe this should go on the DPS. Mm-hmm. Um, but the DPS are way more likely to take like stat trinkets. Um, than a tank will because tanks just don't scale as well off of stats um but like we we we're also like putting the tier sets are going to dps right now um but deep healers are getting loot so we're we're making a conscious effort to make sure that that they do get some (laughs) they're not going to be running around with you know 10 eye levels less than the dps because they didn't get any loot um but also one thing i will say i did not expect to miss um so with personal loot we had this thing where if the item dropped for you and it was like a tie we would just give it to you like if it was like a a a main spec major for multiple people and you're one of the people and it dropped for you we would just default to giving it to you because it doesn't matter that much um for us you know at the at the level we read it doesn't matter that much and that was a really nice default that people felt good about it was very easy to explain and very consistent to work with um and i actually kind of miss having that as like a you know hey we've got this item and it doesn't really matter which of these people we give it to we got to give it to somebody we'll you know i I miss being able to say we'll just give it to the person that it dropped for right um i don't miss anything else about personal loot (laughs) zero other things about personal loot do i do i miss in any capacity um, yeah, that one thing I I do miss. Um, and it's like, it's not that bad. Like, we'll, we can use roles for that, right? Like, if we're not sure if it doesn't really matter, we can give it based on role. Um, we also have people like people give us sims for for item upgrades. Uh, actually, uh, speaking of sims, sorry, quick dig- digression. Be very careful about Droptimizer right now. It is totally busted for Brewmaster. I don't know if it's busted for other classes. It's one of the higher error margin ways to sim in general, so I would not recommend using that for like um, all of your like item prioritization needs. Mm-hmm. Like if there's two things and like one's a two point eight and one's a two point seven, you should probably just do a gear compare sim with those at higher precision and and see what the uh, actual difference is between those two things because they may not actually be that much different, or it might be the other way around. Um, that's the the way that sims work. That's the the way that the the RNG in Sims pans out, um, but just be very careful of that. Sorry, back on topic. <laughs> the um, 
so we we do rely some on sims for that kind of stuff but it it is um that's one thing that i do miss about personally is having that like default for things that don't like items that don't really matter uh yeah yeah no i i would say that it definitely that speeds up a lot of the loot i think in terms of like how we gave it out we had a very similar like actually the exact same where like if you if it dropped for you and you rolled like ours was like main spec right like you basically got the item there were very probably very specific instances where that didn't happen um yeah but um but yeah no i think it that is definitely something that i think it sucks at least like not for me because i don't have any say in who gets loot so like for me it's just like i just click a button like type in a little word about if this is an upgrade or not right and then i'm good to go i can move on but yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's probably something that is a little bit awful, but it's been nice to, like, not have, like, you know, four tier pieces go on one person, and then that person be like, well, crap, I, I equipped the normal version, now I can't trade the heroic version, and, like, we've now yeah. burned a, burned a yeah. tier set. Um, so, so yeah, so, um, no, yeah, Ma- Master Loot has been, it's been an interesting experience, I'll say, um, in terms of... Uh, in terms of like, yeah, the the whole loot thing, it's it, it brings me back to, to the simpler times of Legion, we'll say. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well. Um. Well. Cool. Then maybe we. I guess we can. Our final topic is really the race. Um, yeah. And Where sort is, of. Uh, has Echo killed the thing or uh, Kurog yet? They have. They killed him. They killed Kurog nice. earlier this morning. Um, about 15, 20 pulls in on Diurna. Nice. Uh, right now so yeah they're liquid echo tied up um i guess i mean at least we could start at the beginning which was like w- what happened we all thought what happened happened is that you know both liquid and echo spent essentially the first three days of the race in normals heroic normal splits heroic splits and mythic plus right um yeah. to basically boost their item level as best they could and it was uh it was boring like it's just like it basically makes like if they continue to do this, like I think it's fine in terms of like from from my perspective in my guild, like it just means that we we essentially still do heroic our first two days anyway, right? Our two yeah. two of our raid days. And the, the third day we add just becomes like a mythic day, right? Um yeah. for at least the first two weeks. And so and I think even beyond that, right, with tier potentially continuing to be a thing, we will spend time in normal and heroic next week because Getting people for peace is more important now than it is to, to bang our heads against a, a mythic boss, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, at least at least from the race perspective, it was kind of like, it was once you understood the gearing strategy, like once you found out like, oh, Echo is literally giving all of their loot to one character and then logging that character off and then dis- distributing it like days later because um, like the, the trade counter doesn't count down and you're logged out. Like, cool, that's fun. But then like... Um, but then, like, once you figure that out, it's just, like, you're watching them kill Razgith nine times. And, like, how long yeah. do they last? Like, how long until they kill all nine of these and then they get to move on? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the one the one diversion, which if we talk strategy here for a little bit, is that Method, or sorry, Echo definitely went harder on splits than Liquid did. And I, and so they did nine Razgith heroic kills, I think. Um, and that's a big, I think it's a uh, much more than Liquid did. Um, so they didn't actually, they got into mythic, like essentially almost a full day later than, than liquid did. Yeah. Um, 
and they're cut and, up. Like I have it, yeah. I have it pulled up on uh, on Warcraft logs. Uh, shameless plug uh, right now. And um, Echo is one point one item levels higher as a raid. Uh, they're on Diurna, so Liquid's best uh, is twenty eight percent after forty pulls. Echo's best is fifty four percent after sixteen pulls. So like they are only a little bit behind um after right. you know spending a full extra day pretty much doing and actually i don't know if it really works out to a full extra day because of the later reset right right yeah like that's the true. reset i think it's that's like true. half a day or something but they did they did spend more time in splits um and it did pay out for them like their 403 versus uh liquids 402 um and that may not matter, but you know when you start running into DPS checks, it might. Yeah, yeah, it's close. I think the the biggest thing too from Echo's perspective is they they benefited from Liquid's Kurag progression in terms of like getting the timings for how to move and like where the larger damage events are right. like on that fight because essentially like I think Echo took half as many pulls or a third as many pulls to kill Kurag than Liquid did, and I think yeah. a lot of that is. Just based on being able to see Liquid's progression, which is whatever. Um, yeah. There's also Dethea. Uh, Liquid started Dethea, um, and then Dethea ate a 15% HP nerf and a couple of other nerfs in the middle of progression, and they killed it like two pulls later. Um, yeah. And then Echo goes in and ha- it like starts on that version, right? Yeah, but it's funny. Echo still took, I think, as many pulls as yeah. Liquid did to, to yeah. kill Dethea, which I, which I found funny. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it, it's, a it's been a fun race. I think other than the initial days, I think it's, it's, you know, you got through that lull and now we're sort of in this sort of pull territory, which, or sorry, into the actual progression territory, which I think is, it's been cool. I mean, there's been a bunch of like, you know, I think both Tevos and, uh, Karag for Liquid at least, which is who I've been primarily watching, um, killed like as the enrage goes off, like Tev, Tev or, uh, yeah. Teros was like, as the final pie slice was slamming down, you're out of room. They're killing it, uh, so super yeah. tight DPS check, and then yeah, with um, with Kurok, similar thing. Hit the enrage, one shots. You know, any class that can immune, immune classes live for an extra like second and a half, two seconds, and the boss falls over. So yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, uh, bit, sorry. It, it's mechanically this tier is less intense than Sepulcher by a lot, and mm-hmm. I I think that is still correct. Um, numbers wise it not quite yeah i mean it is because like they're doing the second to last boss the first week instead of four weeks into the raid tier um but you know it's still uh there's no way we're doing mythic terrorists this week uh because like uh, liquid skill let me pull up like let me pull up liquid skill of it i think they were 401 Uh, i think at the time when they killed it yeah so Taros Mythic, they killed it in five pulls. They were 396. Yeah, we're uh, so a full there. 10 item levels over where we were at the end of our Friday raid, where we were we went from 385 to 387. So like we're probably gonna walk in tonight, and people have been doing keys this weekend. We're probably gonna walk in tonight and be like 390. Mm-hmm. Um just from like people like me that didn't get to do a lot of keys during the week, um, catching up, doing a bunch of keys during the weekend. Um and we're still going to be six eye levels behind. And uh, I love I love our raiders. We've got a great raid team. 
Um, our DPS are not going to, our overall raid DPS is not going to compete with, with limits overall raid DPS. It's just not like, yeah, I would love it if it did, but I'm not going to lie to myself and say that like we would out DPS limit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, yeah. When you see that, you're like, Oh God. Okay. That's the, that's like sort of the first like wall, which it's, it's interesting watching a lot of these fights. Um, they are definitely fights that seem to get easier with gear, right? Like Taros yes. becomes much less of an issue as you gain damage, as you even gain healing, right? Um, becomes much easier. Um, the Thea definitely will, right? In terms of like, as you can do more healing, you just generally have more HP on your raid. Like that fight becomes, you know, much easier. Still, there's a bunch of execution, but um, yeah, there's not the there's not the Holandresses of the world where like right. one mistake and everyone's dead, right? There's the closest thing to that is basically um aside from tank stuff, right? Like tank stuff you mm-hmm. can definitely you can you can wipe your raid many ways. Um <laughs> but uh it's conductive mark. Right. Uh, that's pretty much the closest it gets. Kurog has like the lightning soak, so if somebody doesn't soak those, then you yeah. die. Um but that's a very like well understood kind of mechanic and there's just a bunch of them and there's nothing else competing for your like positioning at that exact moment it's not like um even sylvanas where you had the uh soaks in phase three of sylvanas mm-hmm. but then you also had to be cognizant of like like the knockbacks and you had to get not knocked off the platform you had uh to make sure that you were getting um that you were not picking up a bunch of stacks of the dot during that because that could kill you and then the soak could actually go off during the um if you died to the dot by like walking through a pile of the the puddles Mm -hmm. to reach your soak so um yeah there's a lot less like rippy stuff even at the mythic level um but yeah conductive mark is is still like it's (laughs) Okay, so Lords of Dread, like the thing where um, the bugs go out and then somebody else gets hit by them and, you know, you don't clear one of the things and your raid just like slowly falls apart over the course of five minutes because you're just like accumulating these extra stacks of the thing and every time you get one, it becomes harder to dodge the next set of them. Right. That slow death to... um, to the green bugs on Lord's Dread. That's conductive work. It doesn't have the disorient, which is good because that was a stupid mechanic. Um, <laughs> it it isn't something like you don't transfer it. You don't do the transfer stuff. It just is like always bad to touch somebody else with it. Yeah, but it still does produce that kind of slow death of uh, of the raid when people aren't good because that's like that's what that was part of our issue on Dethea, right? On heroic, we would be going to go over to the platform and like some of the people that are supposed to go over to the platform have the dot have the mark still because they ran into somebody with it or somebody ran into them with it we had one pull where somebody ran into me with it while i was moving the ad over oh no and that went about as well as you expect we all died yeah basically immediately on landing yeah, we we had a couple of we had a couple of overlaps too, where the the team coming back from the platform over is yeah. landing as marks are going out, and it's not yeah. it's not that they like sometimes they'd pass it, but the other thing is they would be so low from coming down that like they just flat out died. Yeah, which yeah. is like they died the initial damage. Yeah, um, that's one thing. Like 
I think Defea is the one fight that I want to see significant changes on. Um, like if they weak to make changes on that fight for heroic mm-hmm. uh, and honestly for mythic, but mostly like streamlining some of the heroic stuff. Like if, uh, if the tank is in the air mm-hmm. uh, from blowback, the tank knock shouldn't knock them. It should just do damage. Yeah. That, and maybe it still does the knock on mythic. And so then you have to care about that timing on Mythic. But then on Heroic, that's just an awful thing to have to deal with in like a pug, even even in a guild. It's just really annoying. Um, we're dealing with it because our tank comp is Blood Decay, Demon Hunter. Yeah. So the Demon Hunter hits Glide, and the Blood Decay hits Death's Advance, and you just ignore the mechanic. But if you're not one of those two tanks, like uh, Warrior can charge it, Bear can charge it, uh, Paladin gets fucked. And Brewmaster, there's certain overlaps that you basically can't deal with, uh, but mm-hmm. most of them you can address with Transcend. Gotcha. Um, but then the other one is the marks. Like if if there is um, if you're getting you know knocked back to the main platform, you shouldn't be eligible for marks for a while. It should be like on Angela when you came up from yeah. the downstairs phase, and it wouldn't give you the the gold or purple marks. Yeah, um, you're you're and, immune for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that is like again, maybe they maybe they're like we want the mythic to have that like awful overlap, and you have to as a raid coordinate to make that not happen. I think it's stupid because it's just more push timer bullshit. But but you know <laughs> if they want timer. that, I'm I'm at least willing to say on mythic we we can you know buckle up and handle the mechanics. Uh, yeah. But on heroic, that's just. Pugs are gonna have an awful time with Athea. They just yeah. they're gonna have an awful time with Athea on on heroic. Yeah, I will say, um, I mean, Athea is bad, but the the thing that actually has I've seen the most complaints of is is on Sanarth and like the ice, where like yeah. some of the physics stuff there, like you can you can launch yourself if you <laughs> if you hit it right. Like we, yeah, I had one where like I. I hit like a bunch of ice patches going up the stairs and like ended up on like the, luckily I didn't die, but I ended up on the other side of the platform as the <laughs> boss was like pulling me back. So like, I didn't even have to, move. I was so far away that I didn't have to touch my keyboard and I had enough time or like the boss wouldn't pull me and me off and pull me yeah. off the platform. Did you, did you do that by rolling? Cause that's one thing I, I noticed on, on beta was, was rolling. So rolling into the ice. So once yeah. you're on the ice, you're fine. You can roll. It's actually worse to roll once you're on the ice. Cause you don't generate any sort of forward momentum really. Yeah. But if you roll into the ice, and I caught it, I think, right at the end of my roll, which I guess that's you the, have the that's most... optimal slingshot <laughs> effect right there. Yeah. Yeah, so and I just went, woo! Um, and, like, didn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm dead, I think. Um, but no, I think that boss is... Yeah, that's another one where, like, the the physics around it... I've seen a couple of screenshots. Of like, I saw, like, a, I think it was a warlock launch themselves... I think it was actually at the end of a portal. Like at the end of their portal was an ice patch, and so I guess they had the portal momentum that like kept them going. Oh, that's or whatever. interesting. Yeah, I don't know the exact uh, thing, but um, but yeah, no, it's. I think in in general, um, yeah, Dethea will be an interesting boss to to see if they do any change. It'd be it'd be it'd be nice to see any change because I think right now Dethea has been the only at least major changes they've made. Um, yeah, like I think they've made adjustments on every boss, but like the Thay, I think contains like the the biggest set of nerfs and changes in terms of you get an extra add right to to go up on a platform. So yeah, um, I 
Nathea is the only boss I've done so far. And I, I've done Di- Diurna Heroic on Beta. I didn't kill it, but we we pulled it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dethea is the only boss that I feel like we will look back at the end of the tier and be like, this was a bad boss. That's fair. Like just, just, just a bad boss. Di- Diurna, like, y- there's a lot of, like, not a fun boss, perhaps, especially if you're on the boss group uh, on Heroic and just not doing very many mechanics. Mm-hmm. Just kind of single targeting the boss. <laughs> um, run eggs. Yeah, um, so there's that, but uh, Dethea, just like, Dethea is the Kel'Thuzad. It's the one with the push timers that are going to be really annoying. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, I know we're getting to the end here. Um, any any sort of predictions, I guess? Maybe we talk about that maybe for the end here. It's like any sort of predictions in terms of the raid? So it, in terms of the race, um, we did... It? We did predictions uh, at work, and my prediction was we're going to see a Tuesday kill of Razageth Mythic. It's going to be it's going to be limit. It's going to be after reset. They're going to get their extra gear, mm-hmm. and they're going to finish the boss. Okay, that that seems early to me. Um, and maybe it's a little bit early, but limits at nineteen percent on Diana right now. Yeah, they just had a really good pull. I think two or three ago. Yeah, I have it on the second yeah. monitor actually. Been- checking in every bit yeah that yeah i mean i i definitely like last till reset for sure i would probably say that i still think it's going to be liquid i think they are enough ahead that um if they can pull together a diurna kill here um you know i think they that gives them plenty of time to get into rasgath and and sort of make some solid progress there um but I would say I'm I'm actually leaning more towards actually Wednesday Thursday kill. I think I think Razgath with the fact that it's like a, over a ten minute fight on normal right, which is like crazy. Like typically with these bosses, when you start getting into those deep like 10, 12 minute pulls, and I think Razgath is a hundred and fifty to two hundred pull boss. Like that's just a lot. It's just a lot of time that eats up in yeah. your raids. So I would yeah. say if I was predicting, I would say a Thursday kill. You know, Christmas present for for Liquid is yeah. The winners. I, I will say, I think if it goes too much past EU reset, I think Echo. I think Echo takes it. That's tr- that's the other problem. Yeah, is like Echo's just got that. It just executes like once they lock in something, it's just like they Their just execution execute really is so well. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, Liquid. Like I don't know how much you've watched the the race, but like Liquid has felt different in that. They've done, I think they've done two things that have been different this race that I've noticed, like that have stood out to me. The first one is they've done a lot more muting of their comms, which I think they didn't yeah. do as much. So there's a lot more, I think, like strategy discussion that they sort of keep internal. Um, yeah. They don't, they haven't stopped streaming at all, but they, they've they definitely done. So there's a lot of like during the boss pulls, they're all, I've not seen any pulls of liquid. Maybe they had some, but I haven't seen any pulls of liquid where they've had comms muted during the boss. But then, like the pre-boss discussion, like they got to Kurog and the and comms were off for like thirty minutes while they talked through stuff. Yeah, yeah, they and they did a couple of early Diurna. There after they did, they did like four or five Diurna pulls just to get through like phase one, just to see. I think timings, and then after the break, fully muted. And the first couple pulls after that, they've they've been muted right during the pull itself. So that's been interesting. And the second thing is they've taken a lot more time between pulls to talk. Right, like not not echo style, like <laughs> do one pull, 30 minute break, do a second pull, 30 yeah. minute break, third pull, they kill it. It's but they've definitely had like 
long they haven't just been like that sort of like boom 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 pull 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 type yeah. style um so yeah so it's been i think in that regard i think echo or sorry limit or i guess liquid god i can't even remember the name liquid has <laughs> looked a lot they've looked slightly more like echo in that regard and hopefully that translates into them getting the, the world first here but um but yeah i i yeah i agree with you i think it's doesn't la- like some people in my guild are talking about it lasting until christmas and i was like there's no way like this I, I think that if it's looking like the race will last until Christmas, they will nerf Razageth until it no longer lasts until Christmas. That yeah. is a prediction that I will stand behind 100%. Because there is no shot after last year, they're going to let this race interfere with Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it, I would bet that, that limit reaches Razageth today. Um, oh, yeah. I would they're, agree. They're at 19%. I haven't looked at the streams at all today, so I don't know if it's like they're reaching a hard DPS check that they just can't meet. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then maybe Diurna waits actually to die until reset, uh, until they get an extra like five eye levels from getting to clear the raid again. Right, right. Um, but if not, you know, then I think they see Razageth today. And if Razageth takes them almost a week to kill, that's uh, yeah. that's a bad sign. For the rest of us. Yeah, that's true. That is true, actually. Um, yeah. So may- maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So. Um, but no, I could yeah, definitely I, be wrong about it being a Tuesday kill. Like, I could see it being a Wednesday or Thursday kill. I did a Tuesday kill because I think that's the most, like, other people that already picked, like, Wednesday, Thursday. I was like, oh, I can't, if I pick the same thing, I can't win. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you're, like, so hoping I, for that I, early I Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling liquid this tier. Um, they've been looking really good. Um, they're, uh, yeah, their, their, their Karag progression was like so steady, like in yeah. terms of like they had like ten, it was like ten, eight, five, two, and then it was like the next time they have a good pull down to two, like their next best is a kill. They're not gonna have a one percent wipe. Like they'll get it down there and clear yeah. it. And then they, they had a, they had a beautiful pull into like the. This is the final intermission. They almost God. died on their final pull. Yeah. People started yeah. talking like, oh, we got it. Oh, we got it. And then they they were, <laughs> Max was shutting it down and like, heal the boss, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah because please. they actually, uh, with the boss at like half a percent, it had like three quarters of the raid dead to the to the soft enrage. Yeah. Like, they yeah. had to, they actually had to kill the boss from there. It, it was not free. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was super close on that, but um, but no, yeah, it was uh, it'll be hopefully this it'll be a good race coming. In. I've been watching a little bit of Echo too. Um, they're doing Echo stuff. Um, I will say the one thing I didn't put in the notes, and maybe this will be the final topic, is Echo did interview the leading counter designer, uh, for Blizzard, uh, during like the start of their stream. It was like, Skype, awesome raid leader, terrible interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I didn't put in the notes because I they literally nothing of note was discussed and yeah. like like there was like Skype was asking questions about like rewards like can you make it so we don't do as many splits and this guy's like he answers That's the question my job. you have to but it's like you're talking to the lead encounter designer who like doesn't do itemization or rewards or anything like that so it's like yeah yeah they can't answer that question yeah like know your know your audience a little bit there but um. Yeah. yeah, that was my only. That was my last little. I'll dig it, Echo, because I want them to lose. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like not not the best of interviews, I'll say. Um, but their stream stuff has been fun, um, to to watch. So, yeah. All right, 
Well, I think that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoy this podcast and you want to uh, support it and the other work that we do over at the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It's a great place. Come hang out, ask questions, uh, and just have a good time. Um Actually, one more thing. I almost forgot. I wanted to shout this out. Uh, Brewmaster and Mistweaver WoW Analyzer stuff has gotten major updates for this tier. Uh, if you haven't looked at those in a while, they look significantly different, and there's a lot more stuff there. You should go check them out. Uh, but that's it for this episode. Thank you all for watching and for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye.